Okay, welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Spotify. And I want to say hello to all of our listeners. I'm Warren Landis. I am your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And it's a great joy to have you uh, tuning in and listening to the broadcast today. Many of you know that right now we're in a series of Bible studies going through the book of Acts. And I can tell you right now, it's going to take us time to get through the book of Acts. We've already had two or three broadcasts uh, devoted to the book of Acts, and that's just in the first chapter. And today, we're getting ready to go into the second chapter of Acts, and we're going to take our time. I'm not trying to set any speed records here. We're going to take our time. And when we've gone as far as we can go today, then we'll simply pick up where we left off on the next broadcast. Uh, I do want to say, by way of announcement, that I want to congratulate all those young men and young women in the country that have recently uh, graduated from Bible college or maybe uh, a Christian college or university somewhere, and you're getting ready to get started Uh, in the work of the Lord. Some of you have just graduated from seminary and you're getting ready to get started in the work of the Lord. And and that's a great thing. Now, by the way, I want to help you in any way that I can. I've said this before and I'll say it again on this program. Uh, I want to be of service to those of you who are in the gospel ministry. And if you ever need to contact me, and get advice from me as to what you should do in the ministry, I would be more than happy to do that for you free of charge. It's a free ministry here at Sunshine USA. Uh, You can simply email me, and you can request my phone number, and I will give you my home phone number, and you can call me anytime, day or night, and get some of the advice you need as you go into the ministry. Also, I am more than willing to send you uh, free sermon outlines. Free sermon outlines that you can use with my permission in your next sermon or maybe in your next series of sermons. Um, I'm not in the ministry to make money. I can tell you one thing, I've never made a lot of money in the ministry. I mean, seriously, I've never made a lot of money in the ministry. I I was trying to think the other day, I think the most regular income that I've ever received in the ministry was $75 a week. I can remember a couple of times where I got a $100 love offering. And that's about the most money right there that I've ever received from preaching. Um, Most of my ministry has been what they call bivocational ministry. And so I probably have more money coming in from the secular side of things than from the uh, ministerial side of things. So nobody will ever accuse me of serving God for money. I remember one time I was making... $175 a week as a security guard 
for an office building in Metairie, Louisiana. And then a church in Franklin, Louisiana called me to be their interim pastor. Now, the interesting thing there is, in order for me to accept that call, I had to give up the security guard job, which paid $175 a week. And that church only paid $75 a week. So after praying, I decided to accept the call of that church to be their interim pastor, and my pay dropped from $175 a week down to $75 a week. So no one will ever accuse me of serving the Lord for money. You may accuse me of many things, but you'll never be able to accuse me of serving God for money. Because whatever I do for God, it's simply because I love God and I feel called of God to do the work of gospel preaching and Bible teaching. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> Now, by the way, I'll give you the contact information at the close of the program today. Okay, I want you to turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 2. And right after I pray, we'll begin taking a look at verse number 1. <clears throat> Dear Lord, I want to pray that you will be with me now as I teach your word. Lord, you know I have a desire to rightly divide thy word and to correctly teach it. Lord, I pray that I won't say anything on the broadcast today that does not meet <clears throat> with your divine approval. And Lord, whatever you tell me to say, I hope that I will be obedient and say. Lord, I pray for those listening to this broadcast, both uh, young ministers as well as common everyday Christians. Lord, you know the problems that people are facing today, the financial issues, the family issues, the issues that our country is facing today, Lord. You know all of this. And Lord, we thank you so much that you have the power to do anything and everything. Lord, there's nothing you can't do, and we thank God for that. And now, Lord, once again, be with me as I teach your word. In Jesus' name I pray. <clears throat> Amen. Okay, now we come to verse 1. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's in verse 1. Now, I want to have you take note of the fact that only Jews are present in this particular scene. This is the day of Pentecost. The observance of the Pentecost goes all the way back to the days of the Old Testament. So this is a long-standing observance. And Jews have gathered in Jerusalem at this time for the annual observance of the Pentecost. So only Jews are present here, no Gentiles. And the Bible tells us here they were all in one accord in one place. 
Now this is one of the first lessons that today's church needs to learn. They were all in one accord in one place. I heard one time about a man who made it his mission to vote against anything and everything the pastor wanted to do. And one day he was asked about it. They said, sir, why do you vote against anything and everything the pastor wants to do? His comment was, he says, I am bound and determined that as long as I'm a member of this church, no vote will ever be unanimous. That was a bad way for him to be feeling. You know, when you read the writings of Paul, for example, that we'll get to later on in our study of the New Testament, Paul put a great value on unity in the church. And God had, I mean, God made it clear through Paul that he expects to see harmony and unity in the church. Not division, no arguments, no bellyaching, no complaining. <laughs> you know, I, I think we have Christians even today. They feel that it is their mission to criticize things going on in the church. Sometimes uh, you might have a father who says, well, I think the pastor's sermon was too short today. Then maybe the mother says, I think the choir was off-key today. And then you have a young boy listening to all this, and he says, well, you know, <laughs> and he happened to see what his father put in the offering plate. He said, you know, I think it was a pretty good show for a quarter. Amen. But there are some people today, they are bound and determined to criticize and complain about anything the pastor wants to do. And you ask the average pastor today, he can name you people in his congregation that are likely to object to anything he wants to do. They are going to stand in the way of anything he wants to do. And that is so sad. The example of this first century church, and by the way, I do believe that Acts chapter 2 is the beginning of the church. You could call this the beginning of the church dispensation. You can also refer to this as the beginning of the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of times people will ask me, are you a dispensationalist? And I will say, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm not a hyper-dispensationalist. I know some people that see everything as another dispensation. I knew a man one time, he felt like there were 29 different dispensations. Well, I'm not that way. Um, I think there are different dispensations that we find in the Bible. And at the very least, you cannot help but realize that people worship God differently in the New Testament than they did in the Old Testament. And I think you're going to find that God spoke to people differently in the Old Testament than he did in the New Testament. 
So I think there is a place for dispensationalism. Like I say, I am a dispensationalist. I'm not a hyper-dispensationalist. But I would consider Acts chapter 2 to be the beginning of the church. Now, there are some people listening to this broadcast right now even who would not agree with that. You would say, well, I believe the church actually begins later on in the book of Acts. And you're certainly welcome to your opinion. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that may help you is to realize that this very first church, the church at Jerusalem, it was a church that consisted in the beginning of nobody but Jews. The Jews were the first to receive the gospel. In fact, um, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Amen. So we have here, that first church, and I think it would be safe to consider Peter to be the pastor of this church, and it consisted of Jews, not Gentiles. Now, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Peter at one time followed Jesus at a great distance. In fact, there was a time in his life where he denied Jesus three different times in a row. But now, Peter has stepped up to the plate, and he has become quite the man of God. But we see here, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, you know, unfortunately, the church isn't there today. We have some today, for example, many today who worship God in person, and that's a great thing. And we have other people that listen by way of live stream. They listen to their church service on Facebook Live, or they tune in by way of YouTube, or they tune in by way of their church's uh, internet page but it says they were all in one accord in one place now I'll, I'll be honest with you I think the internet is a great gift to the church I think it's great that the services of the church are broadcast on live stream I think that's a wonderful thing but I will also maintain that um, the internet is not a replacement for the church. In other words, however wonderful the internet might be in that it allows church services at very low cost to be broadcast on the internet, it's not the same as being in church in person. It's not the same thing as being in church in person. 
And so we find that uh, we as Christians today need to be personally present in the church. One of the things we get out of church being in person that we can't get over the internet is fellowship. And I can tell you every week when I go to the house of God in person, one of the things that I look forward to most is the fellowship that I have with other believers, the fellowship that I have with other Christians. And let me say something. You can't get that. You cannot get that over the Internet. Try as you might, you can't get that over the Internet. Now, I know that on Facebook Live, for example, you can leave comments live on the air, and that's great. But even that is not a replacement for fellowship. Where you could shake somebody's hand, where they can come up and give you a hug when they know you're going through tough times. Fellowship is an exciting ministry. And the only way you could benefit from fellowship is to be present in church in person. I, I remember when I was interim pastor of a church one time. Uh, sometimes I had a hard time getting people to come to church on Sundays where the New Orleans Saints had a football game. Because the tendency was to go to the game and they wanted to go early so they could get a good seat. And, of course, they wanted to get involved in the tailgating that went on and everything else. And there was this one man in particular, I remember, he was a member of my church, and I told him he needed to be at church in person. He said, well, preacher, you know, I could watch it on television, and I could still go to the football games in person. And I said, well, you know, I happen to know that um, when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, they play football on television. You could watch the Saints play football on television, and usually the game doesn't start till after church time. So there's no reason why you can't come to church in person and still watch the football game on person. And then he says, but preacher, you don't understand, it's not the same. <laughs> I said, you know what, that is exactly what I'm trying to tell you. Yes, you could watch a church service on television or listen to it on radio or listen to it by way of live stream. But it is not and will never be the same as being in church in person. Now, I had a young minister recently ask me, he, he just recently became pastor of the church where he is now serving, and he said, I'm wondering, should I continue the live stream ministry? And I told him, absolutely. I said, that is a lifeline to those in your church who are shut in and have no other way to listen to your sermons and to listen to the worship service except to tune in by way of live stream. So I would never recommend <laughs> eliminating the live stream. But, 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 <laughs> I would encourage my members to attend in person wherever they can. 
Okay, now let's go on. Let's go on to verse 2. In verse 2 it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all in the house, that is, it filled the whole upper room where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now, I want you to know something here. When the Holy Spirit actually arrives, now bearing in mind, Jesus had instructed his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And here we see the Holy Spirit is arriving on the scene in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit is made manifest by um, a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where all were sitting. Um, and it said, And it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now, one of the points I have to make here is the fact that when the Holy Spirit is present, it will be obvious to the believers that are present. Now, this coming August, I will turn 69 years old. I'm 68 years old now. I'll turn 69 in August. So you can imagine in my lifetime, which spans now almost seven decades, I have attended a number of worship services down through the years. I have been in some worship services that were so dull and so dry I could hardly wait for them to be over. And those were services where there was no evidence of the Holy Spirit guiding things at all. And then I have been in other services in my lifetime where the Holy Spirit was present in a great way. And it was so obvious to me that the Holy Spirit was present. Now, I can tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes, there will be a distinct difference. One of the big things in our churches now, churches love to have what they call an order of worship. Now, I'm recording this particular message on a Monday morning. And yesterday, when most of you went to church, you probably picked up an order of service. And you'll probably notice that the order of service is pretty much the same week in and week out. You go to a lot of churches today, they sing two or three songs. Then the preacher comes, he brings a message. Then they have another song and everybody goes home. And that's basically the format that many churches use across America today. Two or three songs, a sermon, another song, and everybody goes home. I think it is refreshing when the format for the worship service is different from week to week. And I think it's refreshing when something happens 
that's not even on the order of service. <laughs> you'll, you'll be amazed how many times, you know, somebody feels led of the Lord to give their testimony and they send a message to the pastor and they say, Pastor, I would love to share my testimony. And the pastor sends back a note saying, sorry, it's not in the order of service. That's not what you call a Holy Spirit under the direction. I mean, that's not a, an example of a worship service under the direction of God's Holy Spirit. When a worship service is under the direction of God's Holy Spirit, sometimes things are going to happen that were never planned on. Now, by the way, when the disciples were waiting there in the upper room, there's no way they could have imagined that there would be flames of fire, like a tongue of fire, settling on each of them. They couldn't imagine this rushing mighty wind, but it happened. One of the things that I would say to young ministers today is do not be afraid to truly allow the Holy Spirit to take charge in the worship service. Now, by the way, I'm not saying here that you can't have an order of service. You certainly can have an order of service. I had a professor in seminary. He, he was a staunch supporter of churches having an order of service. He said, the way I see it, if God's Holy Spirit can direct a service, he can direct the ones who are putting this order of service together. But do understand that sometimes God may have an idea of things he wants to do that's not included in the order of service. I have seen some worship services in my lifetime where the Holy Spirit just really broke loose and the preacher didn't even get to preach. <laughs> People were running down the aisle making decisions for Christ and the pastor didn't even get up and preach yet. And when the pastor finally got an opportunity to get up and preach, he said, you know, I think God's done his work here already. I don't think I need to preach today. Now you can imagine there were a lot of people in the congregation complaining about the fact that the pastor didn't go by the order of service. But always give room so that the Holy Spirit can do what he wants to do, whether or not it's included in the order of service. Amen. And then we come to verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, when we get to the next verse, we're going to see more about what this speaking in tongues was all about. There are some people today who teach that what you have here is a supernatural language but I don't think that's what you find here on the day of Pentecost. I think the Bible makes it clear that everybody heard the gospel in their own language. In verse 5 we read, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem 
Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Now when it was noised abroad, the multitude came um, together, and they were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in their own language. And they all said, and, and it says here, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all those which speak Galileans? Now here we're talking about the twelve disciples. Here we're talking about the twelve disciples. These twelve disciples, for the most part, were Galileans. Now, the Galileans were known to be people of limited education. They didn't have that much advancement in academics. And basically, the Galileans were known for speaking only in their native tongue, only in their native language. Now, once again, bearing in mind there's Jews here meeting in Jerusalem from all over the world. Verse 8, it says, And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. And then starting in verse 9, it actually names the different languages that were spoken. And here we find the Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in parts of Libya, about Crane and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mockingly said, These men are full of new wine. In other words, he is saying these men are drunk. <laughs> but the whole idea here is that everybody heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. Now, as for the twelve disciples, they only spoke in one language, and that was the same language they always spoke in. But they were allowed to hear the gospel in whatever language and whatever country they were from. Now, one crude illustration that I could give you of this is the fact that with some of the day's modern television uh, electronics, for example, you can select what language you want to listen to the television in. Now, sometimes it will only give you a few choices like um, French or Spanish. And some menus will give you the option to hear other languages, 
but you could decide what language you want to hear the TV program in. And chances are that TV program was only originally produced in one language, typically English, but yet through the electronics of television, it could be made available in many different languages. What a wonderful thing that is, and that's especially true, by the way, for those of us who are Christians and we have a desire to share the gospel in other countries. For example, this message that I'm preaching now on the Internet, you're going to find that this message that I'm preaching now, some people will have an Internet that will let them choose what language they want to hear that particular podcast in. And that's one of the ways in which this program right here, this podcast right here, called Sunshine USA, that's one of the ways in which we make our broadcast available to all the world. I mean, we have people listening to Sunshine USA in languages that I've never heard of, in languages that I've never studied. Amen. And yet, we find that people all over the world can listen to this podcast. They can listen to me as I teach the Bible and preach the gospel. Now, one of the takeaways I want to make from the lesson today is that we as Christians need to serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, for example, can give you the ability to do things that you would never be able to do on your own. Now, we just listed here the different countries that Jews were gathered from and the different languages spoken. These 12 Galilean disciples, there's no way they would have known all these languages. But yet everybody was able to hear the gospel in their language because of the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will allow you to do things and accomplish things that you could never, ever accomplish on your own. I mean, seriously, that is true. The Holy Spirit can allow you to do things and accomplish things well beyond anything you could ever do on your own. And that's one of the great things about the Holy Spirit of God. And that's why, as long as I'm alive and head up this ministry called Sunshine USA, I want it to be a ministry that operates under the power of the Holy Spirit. You may be thinking, well, Warren, you don't understand. I'm a young minister and I don't have much education. Well, I say join the club. I don't have much education either. You might be a minister who's never been able to go to Bible college or seminary. But through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you 
the ability to do anything and everything God wants you to do if you just trust in him. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. In fact, the Holy Spirit is part of our triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit gave the disciples advantages they did not have before. Now these disciples, during Jesus' earthly ministry, they had the ability, they had the ability to be with Jesus night and day. But Jesus, during his earthly ministry, because he was 100% God but also 100% human, Jesus could only be with one person or one group of people at a time. But now, through the Holy Spirit, we find that Jesus can be everywhere at one time. I remember when I was back in college and seminary, one of the first experiences that I had was homesickness. I mean, here I was first in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and then in New Orleans, and I was literally hundreds of miles away from home. But I had a professor that ministered to me more than he'll ever know. He told our class this. He said, class, I want you to know something. He said, the same God that you loved and served back home in your hometown, in your home state, that same God is with you here in Hattiesburg. That same God is with you here in New Orleans. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> we can thank God for that. And, and that, by the way, was all it took to help me win the battle over homesickness. I mean, I kid you not. Uh, in my room, I had pictures all over my side of the dorm room. Pictures of Greenville, South Carolina. And different places in Greenville, South Carolina. I didn't have a lot of money, but I subscribed to the Sunday edition of the Greenville News. I wanted to keep in touch with my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. But I can tell you that the Holy Spirit made it clear to me he was just as real to me and just as near to me in Mississippi and Louisiana as he was in South Carolina. And I think that you're going to find the same thing to be true also. That Jesus will go with you wherever he wants you to go and he will actually help you to do anything and everything he wants you to do. He's not just simply telling you, do this and do that, do this and do that. He's right there by your side, helping you to do the thing that he's called on you to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and that's the great thing that, that Christianity has over any other religion in the world. Recently, we had uh, a well-known rock singer die. 
And of course, on Facebook, you had people of all walks of life saying what a great singer this singer was. But I happened to have read where this particular rock singer had converted to Buddhism. They were a Buddhist. And I can tell you right now, according to the Word of God, they have busted hell wide open. You cannot be a Buddhist and still go to heaven. Now I know that rubs some of you the wrong way. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't get to God through just any religion. You can only get to God through Christ. And the other thing that makes Christianity difference is that in reality, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what Christianity is all about. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I hope that each and every one of you listening to this broadcast right now, I hope that you too have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't, you could get that relationship today. How do you do that? By simply admitting that you're a sinner. You know, we human beings, we're pretty sophisticated. We want to think we're pretty good. Right? We want to think that we're pretty good. But let me tell you something, folks. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So one of the things you have to do is to swallow your pride and admit that even at your best, you are a sinner. A dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinner. And then you pray and you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sin. And you know what? He will, and it's a free gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot buy it. It's a free gift. I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and if you're serious about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you could pray this prayer or a prayer similar to it, God will save you. Dear God, I pray right now that you will be with every person listening to this podcast. And if there's somebody listening right now, God, who does not have a personal relationship with you, we pray that right now, they will pray and ask you, Jesus, to come in their heart and forgive them of their sin. Lord, I know you can do this because you did it for me. And Lord, you've done it for so many other people that I know. And now, Lord, I thank you for those that just now have prayed and have asked Jesus Christ to come into their heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer or a prayer similar to it, let me tell you something, folks. God has just saved you. He has given you new life. He has given you a relationship with himself. And I would love to send you some free materials that will help you to grow and develop as a Christian. The best way to do that is by way of email.
I have two email addresses, and they're both very simple. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com, and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. And if you would like to contact me by snail mail, which is the old-fashioned way, you can do that too. My snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And by the way, that apartment number is very important. If you don't put that apartment number on there, which is 8510, I won't get it. But I would love to hear from you. And the next thing I would advise you to do is to go to church. And you need to go to a church where the gospel is preached and where the Bible is taught. And if you're not sure where such a church is, you call me personally by way of email. You could say, Warren Landis, I want you to give me your phone number, and I will. And I will help you find a church in your area, in your country, where you can go and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. Because the most important thing you can ever do as a young Christian is to get involved in God's local church. You will find there a pastor and others in the congregation who will help you grow and develop and mature in your walk with God. Amen. And then also your church will provide you with an opportunity to serve God in some capacity. You know, in the average church day, we have so many different worthwhile ministries. Many churches today, because of the economy, for example, they have a, a, a food pantry. And once or twice a month, people will come to the church to get food and groceries for their family for free. Some of these churches also have a clothing closet where you can come and get clothes for all the different members of your family. Churches have other ministries that are designed to help you. And no doubt there is a place where you can get involved serving God through your local church. <laughs> well, I, uh, I've enjoyed being with you today. And by the way, I'm recording this particular podcast on Memorial Day which is a holiday here in the United States where we honor the men and women who have fought for our country and died for our country. And sad to say, yesterday many churches had only limited services because of the fact that it is a holiday. Church service, churches that normally have a Sunday night service probably did not have a Sunday night service last night. And that is sad. The Bible indicates that we ought to go to church often. 
And in fact, the Bible says that because we're living in these last days, we ought to go to church more often and not less often. I've said this before many times on this program. Going to church one service a week is not enough. There's got to be more than one service a week. I'll just throw that out there. Amen. Well, I've enjoyed being with you today. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, tuning in today. I hope that you've uh, enjoyed this podcast today as much as I have. And uh, I hope that you will... um, that you will um, tell other people about this uh, particular podcast. Because chances are, if you enjoy listening to the Word of God on Sunshine USA, you know somebody else that would also enjoy hearing the Word of God on Sunshine USA. And by the way, let me give you some ideas that you might want to consider. You might want to have a listening party at your home. Maybe you want to invite uh, people that you work with, uh, maybe people that live in your neighborhood that you know. You might want to invite them, say, at least once a week over to your house where y'all will listen together to Sunshine USA and then have a discussion about the Bible study on that particular broadcast. If you would like some materials that you could use in starting up such a ministry, I would be glad to send it to you absolutely free of charge if you just asked for it. Well, until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.